nothing else but to do. And God says, I have to inhabit the praises of those who are here worshiping me here today. Praise God. Praise the Lord. It is a blessing to be here. And it is, uh, and I have to say, there's more people today than I usually see. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing. Praise God. Clap your hands up to the Lord for that. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Man, praise God. I have experienced countless times where uh, I have walked into services before I was an apostolic or came to a church of, of such. And I remember walking into those churches and, and not really feeling much. I know that I was there for a reason but the reason wasn't very clear to me, and all this came to be, and I don't mean to bash any of those that are on the outside of a different religion, but it was when I came to an apostolic church that I realized that there was something more to life than just thinking that God was a figment of my imagination, but that God was real, and that he was manifest, and that there's a manifestation of him even here today, right now. And I am so glad to say that, and I want to declare that openly that God is still here today. Thank you, Lord God, for bringing us to the truth and allowing us to realize that there is more to life than just living, but there's worship for him and there's praise for him, and he's got so much for us. With that being said, we're going to move on to the word, and the word is in the Bible. Uh, we're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse uh, 17 through 24. And the word of the Lord says, And when Samuel saw... Saw Saul, the word said unto him, Behold, the man whom I spake to thee of, this same shall reign over my people. Then Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray thee, where the seer's house is. And Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me, before me unto the high place, for ye shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let thee go, and will tell thee all that is in thine heart. And as of thine asses, because he was looking for them, it says that they were lost three days ago, set not thy mind on them, for they are found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on thee, and on all thy father's house? And Saul answered and said, Am not I a Benjamite? of the smallest of the tribes of Israel, and my family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Wherefore, then speakest thou so to me? And Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the parlor, parlor and made them sit in the chiefest place among them that were bidden, which were about 30 persons. And Samuel said unto the cook, Bring the portion which I gave thee, of which I said unto thee, set it by thee. And the cook took up the shoulder and that which was upon it and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, Behold, that which is left, set it before thee and eat. For unto this time hath it been kept for thee since I said, I have invited the people. So Saul did eat with Samuel that day. Praise the Lord. If you would pray with me today for the word of the Lord. Let us pray today. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We, are, we lift our hands up unto you, Lord. We lift our hearts up to you, Lord God. And, Lord, we want to shake a little bit more of this flesh that's within us, oh God, so that when we hear the word, Lord, we don't, we don't just hear it, Lord, but we obey it. Lord, let, let it pierce our hearts. Let it move us in the spirit. Let us move us into the next dimension. Let us move into that next thing that you have ready for us, Lord. 
let us prepare ourselves for those who are going to come to the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Yesterday I was, uh, I was sitting on my table just reviewing my notes and um, I was wondering what, you know, what exactly is it uh, that I needed to prepare for and how can I make this better and because we always want to make things better. We want to improve. We want to bring up. We want to lift up. And we want to motivate. And, uh, and as I sat there, I, I closed my eyes and I, I began to pray. And, and as I began to pray, I started to feel the moving of the Lord and upon me. And I was just, I was broken in tears. And my kids and my family were doing what they were doing. But I was, I was just there. And I, I just couldn't but just be overwhelmed by the presence of the Lord. And and I began to thank him, Lord, and because I, I thanked him because I asked him, Lord, I, I don't want to go up there, and I don't want to do something that I want to do. I want to do what you asked me to do, and I always seek to do that. And, and but every now and then we do kind of slip up a little bit. Sometimes we might, we might say something that is could be inappropriate, and we may not have done it intentional. But praise God, God is merciful. He's good, and He's faithful to forgive us. And this is the God that we serve, that he doesn't hold back. And, and the reason I wanted to pray and, and ask him for all this is because a lot of the times when we feel unvalued, when we feel that we are not qualified, we tend to down ourselves. We are our worst enemy. How many of us believe that? Oh, God didn't call me. No, I'm just thinking that. No, it's, there's, the, the Bible does say that God calls us. The Bible says that Jesus died for the whole world. And it's up to the world to embrace that. One thing that I wanted to make sure that while I was up there, I didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to put out somebody's fire. I didn't want to be the person to, to shut somebody down and maybe perhaps never come back, you know, through those doors. I want to avoid all that if, if in, in any way, shape, or form. I want to stay below, but I still want to preach the truth. I still got to give the truth. I can't shy away from the truth. The truth is what sets us, and it delivers us, and it brings us to the truth of God. If I step away from that, then I have weakened the foundation and the one that I believe that I stood on when I came to the Lord. So forgive me if you're offended, but you're not offended by me. You're offended by God. It's his word. You know the title of this message is Help to understand God's call. This very thought and idea as I prayed is what I was asking for. Lord, am I doing what I am supposed to be doing? In Psalm 121, it comforted me. as says, I, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. A God that will not sleep nor slumber will hear your cries, and he will support you as long as you are standing in his will. We serve thee, God. And I say this like that because he is the one true God. There is no one like him. He's the God that answers our prayer. He's also the same God that when you were uh, doing what you were doing, even uh, during your sleep, he kept you from whatever it was that was going to, the danger that was going to arise. Perhaps you're driving home and didn't realize that he kept you back for just a few minutes so that you'd avoid a certain accident, and you come across it and you start to wonder, why did that happen? 
how did I miss that? Well, God is the one that allowed it to happen. The call doesn't come very easy for most of us. As I said earlier, I feel unqualified to teach in this because, I mean, I've had doubts in my life. Uh, my calling, as, as I would say, when, even when I came to this church, I still had, I was still in unbelief in a sense. But, you know, what God does, he continues to reveal himself and he continues to show himself to you. And not only through what you see, but also the people that speak in to your life. I have been very blessed to hear many voices of God speak into my life and change me for who I have become. It is, this, is, this change that's happened to me is not by my own will. It's not by my own work. It's by the will of God, and it's by the power of the Holy Ghost. Of course, I have to put in my efforts, and I do desire to be that way, but there has to be, again, a desire. But before that desire was there, I had to believe The Bible says that if without faith, it is impossible to please God. I perhaps would, like I said, fall into that category. It took much convincing that I was, that I was to respond. And, I, and I've, stepped, I've stepped into places where I was uncomfortable. And these situations, believe it or not, it's helpful. Just because you step into something doesn't mean that it's bad. Sometimes these uncomfortable situations will actually make you stronger. But you got to get to the other end. If you don't walk through it, and if you feel that you can't walk through it, call on the name of the Lord. He will help you. He will deliver you. He will take you to the end, and you will be victorious in his name. One of the first things that we must do, and I said earlier, is we must believe in the word. We must believe doesn't simply mean I believe in God. There's also a participation part of it. We be, we baptize people in the name of Jesus because we truly believe that that's what we're supposed to do because the word declares it and says it and I speak it to everyone that I talk to I don't say it and I don't don't back down as a matter of a fact there's been a few people recently in my life that I continually come to them and I talk to them and every single time I meet with them it's like a bible study taking place and I never pull back from saying we must be baptized in the name of Jesus the call that comes to us only comes when we become awakened. Our faith is what ignites us and moves us forward and into that, uh, into that, that next level, as you might want to say. And, and that faith will also drive us further in, into the situation or into the presence of God. But that is only if we seek that presence Samuel was only a boy when God called him. I was no boy. I was 38, 39 years of age. Now, if I had held on to my pride, I probably wouldn't be standing here today. I probably would be dead. And the reason I say that is because I was no ordinary man. I was a man that loved to drink. I was a man that liked to party. I was a man that was out in the world. But praise God, God removed all that from my soul. And the Bible says that he cleansed me. And because of that, we can again be Renewed. The Bible says that we become new creatures. Eli was uh, Samuel's mentor, and uh, God spoke to, to Eli. I'm sorry, God spoke to Samuel while Eli was sleeping. And I mentioned this because uh, I didn't, 
we, well, I say none of us got here on our own. There was someone who guided us. And in this case, Samuel had someone to lead him. And in this case, it was Eli. And if we read the Bible, we're going to find out that Eli uh, had two sons. And uh, they were not able to uh, do exactly what God wanted them to do because they were somehow distracted by the things of the world. But God then removed them and brought Samuel into the picture Samuel was born of a woman who was barren. Uh, she was granted a child. She was weeping, and, and, and Eli came to the place where she was weeping. And as she wept, I think Eli was a little antagonized by her cry. And uh, it must have been so quiet, and, or perhaps because he, ha he said to her, what is wrong with you? He, he, he spoke to her, uh, wanting to find out what is, what is so bad that you're just so quietly crying and nobody... Eli obviously thought, the Bible says, that she was drunk, but she wasn't. And so what she decided, and sh as she spoke to Eli, she told him of what she wanted. She was sad because she was barren and she couldn't have a child. And her name was Hannah. <laughs> Hannah was uh, the favorite, believe it or not, of, I think it's Alcana. That was her husband. And the, uh, the other one, uh, I think it's Leah. I, I could be wrong. The line. Panina, thank you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's good to be corrected. Amen? <laughs> Amen. So in doing that, we have Hannah who is crying out, and Eli grants her this, this one thing. Go your way. But there was a circumstance based on her uh, receiving this child. She was going to have uh, Samuel given back to him. She was going to have to give Samuel back to, uh, to Eli, and Samuel would then become uh, the next prophet after Eli, at least in this situation. We know that God spoke to Samuel, uh, and through that speaking, uh, as I said earlier, Eli thought, I'm sorry, Samuel thought that Eli was the one calling him, and uh, God doesn't speak to all of us, not verbally, or, or well, you can hear orally, but you can, God will speak to us through his word. He'll speak to us through dreams. He'll speak to us through visions. And that's only if you, if you believe that. If you don't believe it, you won't receive it. There has to be faith involved to receive that which the Bible says we will receive. But, you know, God still, even today, God continues, even though there, there is disbelief in our world, he upholds his promises and his miracles to us, doesn't he? He is faithful. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And, and his mercies are new every morning, as I said earlier today. But in doing so, Samuel grows, and he is mentioned, he is mentored by Eli. Samuel has gained much favor with God. God goes on to tell Samuel what he thinks of Eli and what is going to happen to him. We find out, if we continue to read in the scriptures, that both the sons of Eli are killed in a battle. They're killed in the battle because they've done something. First of all, it began before they went out to the battle. It's important to be ready before you go to war that you are prepared to deal with that war. And in that sense, because they weren't prepared, God took them out. God mentioned it to, uh, to Samuel, and Samuel passed on the word. And from there, Samuel was able to move into his calling not that he wasn't already working in that. Obviously, there, when, uh, when Samuel came, uh, there was, Eli was still there. 
But the point of the story or the, the event is that because of what happened, uh, God had to deal with someone before he brought someone in. There was a somewhat uh, of a switching or carrying over or passing on of a mantle, and Samuel happened to be that individual. Samuel was the first prophet to bring in a king. Samuel was the last judge in the Bible. Samuel was no longer able to rule over the people once, uh, once uh, Saul took, took over. He was brought in. I mean, the prophets were still, uh, they're still existent, but even when Samuel was there, <clears throat> he had little, he, he spoke in behalf of, uh, of Saul, but he didn't have, he didn't, he, he, was, he was a little bit, he was a little bit locked up. He could no longer respond as he did the first time, simply because we know that God was upset with the, peop the people of Israel. The people of Israel decided that they wanted a king versus instead of having God speak over them. And because they wanted to abandon the voice of God, God said, fine. God gave them a king. And Samuel related this to the people, all that they must do, uh, live as God commanded. And still, even then, they said no. We are not doing that. Just give us a king, and that is it. That's what we asked you for. But God dealt with them. The Bible says that Saul was chosen by God to become king before, and he then leaves his father's home. And as he does this prior to that, because he's not king yet, in 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 3, the, uh, the Bible says that Saul is the, uh, Kish is, the, is Saul's father, and uh, the reason he, he left there, he was going in search of the asses that Samuel, uh, Samuel had misplaced, I should say misplaced, was lost. Samuel was sent away. I'm sorry, not sent, yeah. No, Saul was sent away. And as he was sent away, uh, he was going in search. Uh, and I bring this, uh, this, uh, this kind of merger here because I believe that God in all our lives has done certain things in our life, uh, certain situations to cross or fall before us so that we can cross in, uh, into that place where we were unexpectedly to be. I think I've mentioned before enough times that the word coincidence is no longer the word coincidence for me at least. The word coincidence means ordained, something that God has put in place, and it is up to us to respond to it. In the same way, I believe that Saul, when he left his home, and Samuel, the Bible says that Samuel knew exactly what he had to do. The Bible says that Samuel left the place, and he was there a day before. Actually, yeah, that day he had arrived, but Saul, Saul was not there. Before Saul arrived, he had come looking for the seer. As he comes looking for the seer, the Bible says that Saul is there walking with his servant. At, he, at first, they didn't have anything to trade, but the servant had something to give. And I'm kind of running through this, uh, this story, I should say this, this event line pretty fast, just because I want to come down to that. And he, as he brings, uh, as he comes to Saul, Samuel is standing at a place, and the Bible says that Samuel confronts Saul. Samuel confronts Saul, and Saul is kind of perplexed in a sense. He's almost, um, he comes asking for the seer, and the seer, who is Samuel, says, I am the seer. That's, I'm the one that you're looking for. And then he tells him, 
he begins to speak to him, and he tells him what he's going to do and what he's going to become. And we read earlier where the Bible says that he is questioning the words of Samuel. He doesn't believe. Somehow, for some reason, there is a disbelief. Now, we're talking about someone who is of the tribe of Benjamin, who is supposed to be uh, aware of the things that are happening, who is supposed to have a belief in the faith. He comes from the lineage of the one true living God, and there's no reason why he should believe, but or disbelieve, I should say. But for some reason, he does. Something was lost in between from the time, the time I, I would say Egypt, to the time where he is now. For some reason, something is lost. Now, some people believe in the prophet, and the prophet is there to help them, but something was lost. Faith. Faith is no longer present. He's, and with faith is gone, doubt sets in its place. Saul becomes concerned about his father. He, he wants to turn back, and, and his servant says, no, we, we don't want to do that. We, I know a seer, and let's go meet this seer, and this seer is going to tell us where these mules are. I've got nothing to give. It's okay. I've got, I've got some shekels. I've got a few shekels. We'll give them that or a portion of a shekel. And so they go there, and they meet there, and they find them there, and the Bible says that there's some maidens along the way, and these maidens go that way. He's up there. He's come today, and he's going to bless the food. And the people are not going to eat until he blesses the food. And I think that makes a strong statement to, for us to be aware that when a man of God steps into the place of where God has ordained him to be, there is going to be honor. There's going to be respect. There's going to be a worship of God because there's someone there who can connect to the Lord Jesus Christ or to the Lord Jehovah in that moment because Jesus was not yet born. He's one and the same, though. He's one and the same. In 1 Samuel chapter 9, verse 15 through 16, Now the Lord told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For I have looked upon my people because their cry is come unto me. God heard the cry. Now, we know what happened to Saul. We know that he fell away. We know that he did what he did. But in all this, I think it's, it's, it's something relevant for us to recognize and see that even though Saul did what he did, at the very beginning, God used him. What we need to do is not run into the same footsteps that Saul went into. We want to stay away from that. So Saul and his servant, I said, work, uh, they meet with Samuel. They go and they, they meet the seer, and he sends them up there. These men cross paths. Samuel tells Saul in these words, you are the chosen vessel of God in a sense. And here's how he says it. And Samuel answers Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me unto the high place, for ye shall eat with me a day, and tomorrow I will let thee go and will tell thee all this all that is in thy heart. Imagine that, to not know what's in your heart, but the man of God does because he's connected. He knows what's going on. Saul had no idea what was about to unravel in his life, but God did tell Samuel the prophet. He made it 
mentioned to him. He told him in verse 20, And as for thine asses that were lost three days ago, set not thy mind on them. Don't worry about it. There are, be- better, there are bigger things here to worry about. Do not worry. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? This is Samuel speaking to him. On whom is it not on thee and all thy father's house? And here comes, and, and so he, Samuel is telling Saul, Saul, stop worrying about these things. That they're, they're not important. Don't be drawn away from what God, is, God has for you right now. I'm talking to you. I am connected to God, and I'm trying to speak to you what God wants me to tell you. Samuel, you have the wrong man. That was the thought of Saul. This is why he said what he said. But Samuel knows what is in Saul's heart. God has begun to work something in him, and Saul doesn't even know it yet. Faith has taken root, even though he has not acted upon it or opened his mouth. And I'll take you to 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1 through 10. And it puts it all together. And Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulcher in the border of Benjamin at Zillah. And they will say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest to seek are found, and lo, thy father hath left the care of the asses, and sorrowful, sorrowth for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? Then shalt thou go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabar, and there shall meet three men, shall meet three men, going up to God to Bethel on carrying three kids and another carrying three loaves of bread and another carrying a bottle of wine. Samuel is telling him all these things. First of all, he's already told him where he came from. He said, I know that you're looking for the asses, but don't worry, they're okay. Come and eat with me, sit down. I got to tell you some things. And he's still kind of, so Samuel has to reinforce a little bit more of the faith of Saul. And they will salute thee and give thee two loaves of bread. Imagine that. You're walking down the street, and the man of God tells you they're going to give you two loaves of bread, and somebody hands you two loaves of bread. What do you do? It's happened here today because God still moves. God still moves. After that, thou shalt come to, to, to the hill. Uh, yeah, come to the hill of God. Uh, where is the garrison of the Philistines? And it shall come to pass when thou come thither to the city that thou shalt meet a company of prophets. Imagine that. Coming down from the high place with a psaltery and a tabret and a pipe and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. They shall prophesy. Get this. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee. He is declaring it. He is speaking it to him. He is telling him. He knows what's in his heart. He doesn't know it, but Samuel does, and he is claiming it. He's going to come upon you. And when he does, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man, and let it be, when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. Can I tell you right now, worship the Lord because he is with you. 
If you have been baptized in Jesus' name and been filled with the Holy Ghost, God is with you right now. You are filled with the Spirit of the living God. He is your strength. He is your foundation. He is the rock which with you, which upon you stand on. Let us, let us not doubt. And let us hold to that strength and that, that, that confidence. And in verse 8, And thou shalt go down before me in Gilgal, and bef- behold, I will come down unto thee to offer burnt offering, off, offerings and to sacrifice and, and to sacrifice, sacrifices of peace offerings, seven days shalt thou tarry. Wait on me. Wait on me till I come to thee. Sometimes we've got to wait. You know, I've always been pushy. I'm like, we've got to do this, we've got to do that. But lately, God, I believe, has slowed down my horse a bit. He broke down my truck. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let's be joyful even for the tribulations, right? Amen. Praise God. And it was so, and when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. God gave Saul another heart. Not only did he become a different man, but God gave him another heart. And all of these, those signs came to pass that day. And when they came thither to the hill, behold, a company of prophets met him. And the Spirit of God came upon him. And he prophesied among them. Both of these men knew exactly what their call was. Samuel knew what his call was. Saul had to wait to see what happened, what, what was prophesied to him, what was happening, and then what would happen after. Is really the, are these words of this prophet really going to come to be? And if they are, I'm going to probably freak out a little bit. But he didn't freak out. The Bible says that he began to prophesy, and he began to do things that he didn't usually do. God spoke directly to Samuel. Saul was was chosen as king by, uh, by God and anointed by Samuel. Both of these men had mentors. Both of these men had to be led by someone. Samuel led Saul, and, of course, we have uh, Eli led Samuel. There was a teaching there. There is an importance to having leadership in our church. How many of us believe that? If we do not have leadership, how would we get to the place that we are now? There has to be leadership. Would you clap your hands onto those who have preached the word, even here today? We are here today because we have heard preachers preach to us and move upon our hearts. I know that I've stood in my seat and I have said, God, I'm, I'm thankful that you said that word. I, and don't get me wrong, there's been times when my ears shut just a little bit. But when I shut them, all of a sudden God gives me a, a small piece of wind and he says, he, he whispers in my ear and he says, did you hear that? I said, yes, Lord. Did I not speak that to you? Yes, you did, Lord. And my ears begin to open. I begin to repent a little bit and then I repent a lot and then I'm crying and then God says, okay, now I can use you. We got to put it down. I find it interesting that a man who once was unsure of himself, he changed all of a sudden. It was it was in a different way. He was, his way of thinking was different. Uh, he thought to himself, I can do this. He began to do things, uh, and he did two things, actually. He sacrificed uh, unto the Lord, which was not, and I'm talking about Saul. He was not supposed to do that. That was Samuel's job. That was Samuel's job. And then Samuel said to him, God's going to give you another break. 
don't break the, don't mess this one up. And he still did. A second chance. We get a second chance. As a matter of fact, we get more than a second chance. We can come to the Lord every day. And we can bow before his throne of glory and start to give him praise and say, God, forgive me if I have done something. And if I've ever done anything to offend anyone, please forgive me. Forgive me. Up here, it's not my intention to offend anybody. Up here, my intention is to bring God's word forth and that, and that we grow spiritually. We mature spiritually. We join hand in hand. Power has a way of, 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 of controlling people. It can be good and it can be bad. Saul took it the wrong direction. Well, no, David took it in the right direction. And, of course, uh, you know, one of the individuals that I put here, because I, I was going to just mention it, Adolf Hitler was one of those that many followed. He was convincing, and it wasn't for the good. And yet they still call him a good leader. And the reason they call him that, and he's not good in the eyes of God, but they say that because he was able to persuade people to follow him. Persuade. If we're going to persuade people, we want to persuade them to the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to persuade them to, 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 to have a heart of love, of compassion, of kindness. And because the Bible says when we are giving, the, when this fruit is, is before us, those that come in the doors, this is home. I, I can't go anywhere else. This is home. And I believe that's happening already. I believe it happens little by little. It doesn't happen all at once. I believe there is a progression. There is a, uh, there's a moving of God's spirit. I mean, last Sunday, that was unimaginable to me because what I saw happen here is something that happened, which is almost three and a half, two and a half, three and a half hours from here. And I said, God, what is happening? He's, what happened over there? I'm doing it right here. I'm doing it right here. God is not a respecter of persons. God is going to move where he pleases, and he will freak you out if you think, if we begin to think that, no, it's not going to happen here, and then all of a sudden it happens here. Praise the Lord. Second Peter chapter uh, 1, verse 9 through 10. But he that lacketh these things is blind. And these, uh, I brought this scripture in, and you can read before it, and you'll see, understand what, what this means, but I brought this in because there are things that we need to possess in order to move into our calling. Our calling is not just believe and be baptized in Jesus' name, be filled with the Holy Ghost, and it's done. There's more to that. There is a spiritual growing, and I know that I'm talking to a group of people here who, who read Scripture, who have studied Scripture, but I have to talk about it as if someone doesn't know, and I, and I hope that I'm helping someone here. So he says, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see after off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Sure, for if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. How many of us want to depend on God's word and say, God, your word will never let me fall. If I trust in you, Jesus, because your voice is 
It is the voice of God. It is the he is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. And for that very reason, we can lay and we can cast our cares upon him and lay our trust upon him. We cannot trust worldly thoughts, ideas and philosophies. They are not of God. It may sound like God's word, but we better double or maybe even triple check to make sure that that meaning doesn't deviate you from the word of God. I saw someone post one day uh, to lose your life and gain the whole world, and then they put DMX. I said, that is not DMX. That is Jesus Christ. But he must have said it enough to where somebody, somebody heard it. Somebody must have preached to him, and maybe it stuck, and I hope that he woke up from what it was. I don't know. It would be great to see something like that. But I believe he's passed, hasn't he? I believe he's passed. You must be thinking, after I've said all this, why would I want to answer the call? We know what we, when we answer the call, there's, there's deliverance. It's, and as I said earlier, it's not just only baptism in Jesus and be filled with the Holy Ghost. There is a growth. There is a spiritual growth. You are going to obtain authority. You're going to obtain power. And the power is not yours. But because you have submitted to God's word, you will obtain this. The Bible says that uh, Paul mentioned to us that we are the temple of the living God. And in doing so, if we recognize that, then we are going to adhere to that which is, as the word tells us, to be uh, called by God. Because we are going to respond to the Bible as if it was the word or somebody was standing before me and speaking, to, to, speaking it to me. They say, hey, you can't do that. Okay, there's, there's, not, there's not a whole lot of resistance there. There are some things that we will resist. I admit, I did it. But praise God, it, sometimes God keeps hitting you, and he keeps chopping you, and you start giving into it. I say, all right, God, you know what? I can't find anything to justify my thoughts and my ways, and you must be right. And so I got to bow down to the throne, and I say, Lord, you not, it's not that you must be right. It's you are right. And I submit to that, and I give in to that, and God will move upon your life if you submit to God. I don't know how much time I have left here. Our ministries are, um, some of us are in ministry, some of us are not. Some of us are comfortable where we are, and some of us are not comfortable where we are. Uh, even so, I just wanted to mention this, that where you are, it's important. Just as Samuel was uh, of the least, of the least, God used him for king. Today we were in the back, we were packing bread, and I was seeing everybody work together, and I started to see what God had brought to me. And I understood, uh, not that I hadn't seen it before, but it becomes so much more vivid and so much clear when God says that you are the body. One's the head, one's the finger, one's this, one's that. And if we work together, things get done. Things get done. I am expecting changes. I am asking uh, the Lord to fill this congregation, not only during the time when people uh, leave uh, up north. I want to begin to see people in this church, even now, today, within these three months. I want to see this house get filled, and I am praying, and I am fasting, and I am asking God, God, I know that you are able. You are able. I am just a man. But if I give in, Lord, to your will, if we give in to his will, 
He will answer our prayers. How many of us believe that? How many of us want to save someone's soul? How many of us want to bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ? I keep telling people, I want to bring you, I want to bring you home. I want to take you to heaven. I love you. And they begin to tear up. There's a truth that happens to people. There's a breaking of their heart when you start to show your, you know, your emotions for them. If you never show emotions that you care, they're never going to come. But if you show emotions for them and say, you know what? I care about you. You mean a lot to me. You are my brother. Even though you're not baptized in Jesus' name, you are my brother. I'm calling it out like Samuel did. I'm bringing in people. I want to begin to persuade them to think as the apostolic movement taught me to think. You are loved by God. You are anointed by God. You are anointed by God. You have the Holy Ghost within you. God will do great things and mighty things within you if you believe it. And I believe that we are in a group of people. We're in a, a place where faith is not something we, we just talk about. It's something that we act out. If we act out our faith, can you imagine what will happen to the world? Peter turned the world upside down. And they heard him. The Spirit of God moved upon him on the day of Pentecost. And it stirred him to speak to the crowds. 3,000 were added at that moment. 3,000. I asked the Lord, Lord, I want to see 1,000. He says, that's it? That's it? Okay, Lord. I've talked to a few. I've got about four coming. Yeah, well, that's only four. And so I'm putting my faith into it. I'm asking you to join me in that faith. That God would move upon Fort Myers today. That God would not, we're here today, but it doesn't mean that God doesn't hear our prayers if we call them out. That when these old doors open and we go out, that the glory of God doesn't stay here. It goes out, it flows. We are in the mission field when we leave this place. And the glory of God is out there. The question is, will the glory of God touch someone and bring them to the Lord Jesus Christ? I want to be one of those vessels if you want to be one of those vessels, clap your hands unto the Lord. Stand to your feet. Give God some praise because he is worthy. Lord, you have delivered us, Lord, from the mouth of the lion. Though the enemy, Lord, came round about, he wanted to chew us up. He wanted to spit us out. Lord, you didn't allow that to happen. Lord, you protected us. You put a covering over us, over your children because you loved us. You loved us before we even loved you, and we thank you for that, Lord Jesus. If you would sing, raise your hands unto the Lord. Worship him as we sing this song. Hallelujah. This offering that I bring. Yes, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. on my knees to proclaim your everything. Everything. Hallelujah. My life's nothing without you. Take my hand and lead me through. You are my sustaining love. I live to Hallelujah. worship you. Hallelujah. We raise our hands unto you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We worship you. Say, I live, say, I live. Worship you, 
Yes, Lord. you Jesus in this place today that's your name be exalted Jesus oh we worship Jesus, we worship you, Lord. Worship in you, bowing down in spirit and truth. Lifted hands, worship in you. I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship you. Hallelujah. I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship you. Yes, Lord. I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship you. Forever, I'm gonna worship you. Hallelujah. I'm gonna worship you. Forever, I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna worship you. Forever, I'm gonna worship you. Yes, Jesus. I'm gonna worship you. Forever, I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna worship you. Forever, I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna worship you. Forever, I'm gonna worship you. Yes, Jesus. I'm gonna worship you. Forever, I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna worship you. Forever, I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship you. I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm 
gonna worship you. Everything inside of me, yeah. I'm gonna worship you forever. I'm gonna worship you. Say, here we are today, God. Here I am, worshiping you. With all we are, Jesus. We pour it all out, God. We pour it all out this morning. And spirit and, and with our hands lifted as high as we can extend them, God. As high as we can extend. We worship you. We worship you. Oh, we worship you, Lord Jesus, today, Lord. We praise you today, Lord. Lord, we know that you're in the house, oh God. We will not deny that. We know that you move upon every heart, Lord. Lord, that the, the heart that is obedient, the heart that is, is broken, the heart that comes in humility, Lord, you move upon those hearts, oh God. And we're so glad, Lord Jesus, that you meet us, oh God, where we are. It doesn't mean that we stay there, Lord. We walk and we follow you, Lord, as you've told us to. Your apostle Paul, God, you said, he told him to tell us, follow me as I follow Christ. Even he moved himself out of the way and said, follow Jesus. Praise God. How many of us know that Jesus is our Savior? How many of us know and declare that the things that God has wrought and done, it is by the power of his hand, and it is a glory unto him. And I want to encourage you today, you are a glory unto God. You are a glory unto God. When you open your lips, you say, Jesus loves you. Jesus is coming back, and I want you. I want you to come with me. The Bible says you must be born of the water and the Spirit. And it has to be in his name. It's the seal of the king. You need it upon you to get in there. And I want you to have that. Praise God. God is so good. Amen. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord and just thank him for what he is doing here today. This is only the beginning, people. This is only the beginning. God is going to do greater things. I know that he, this is the God that we serve. He catches us by surprise. And, and we are surprised, I tell you that. But it's a good surprise. The, the surprise that we don't want is when he's like, what happened? No, this is a good surprise. I love what happened today. Not only today, what happened yesterday, what's happened the day before that. It's been the building block up to this point. We have to believe that and we have to trust in that and say, God, you have been working here with us all this time. You've never left us, nor did you ever forsake us. Praise God. God is good. God has called every single one of us, and we must all respond to the call. God bless you. We are going into prayer. <laughs> I tired these guys out. God is so good. Amen. God bless you in the name of Jesus. See you guys if you're coming for, uh, for the Sunday service. Amen.